Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson, brought to you by Surefire Local. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help those businesses out there that really want to improve and take their business to the next level. I try to take topics, topics at a thousand foot as well as topics at a one foot level to try to help you to really improve your business. This week I'm going to talk about a topic that really I think is kind of the glue that connects many, many businesses out there, especially when it comes to remodeling businesses, and that is people. And the theme I want to talk about today is people are your greatest assets. People are your greatest assets. In my book, Fit to Grow, I created 12 themes that really allowed me and allowed us to really perform and develop and grow our business. One of those themes is people is your greatest asset. Now, as I bring up that topic, people is your greatest asset, to many different audiences or folks out there, more times than not, I asked them, what's the most important word within this particular theme? And as you can imagine, the majority of the hands go up when it comes to the word people. And while people certainly is very, very important, I think the most important word within this theme is actually the word assets. People are your greatest assets. People are your greatest investments. And as you start to, I think, think of people as investments, it starts to pose, I think, many questions. Am I investing the right amount of time and energy in choosing the right assets? Am I investing in the natural care and feeding of the people to get the return on investment from the assets? See, I think most people sort of think about the different people just accomplishing tasks and not necessarily the assets in the business. So I think as you think about this subject, it's, there's many different kind of angles and ways to look at it. A friend of mine who actually leads one of the largest remodeling organizations in the country, Charlie Chase, about seven or eight years ago, he said in a Harvard meeting that the companies that master the labor are going to be the winners. As you think about this, and as I reflect on his words, master the labor, he wasn't necessarily talking about the labor in terms of the workforce or the workers. He was talking about, in general, those companies that master the talent or master the people within the business are going to be the winners. And again, a key element to that is mastering. How do you master it in terms of determining the right people up front? How do you go out and find them? Are you more of a magnet, so to speak, of getting the right people within your business? How do you onboard them and bring them on within your business? How do you train them so that they're the most successful they can be? And then how can you do the ongoing kind of care and feeding and the relationships that are required to see the kind of success? I think when you start to see people as an investment, you're going to look at it very holistically. And I certainly don't want to simplify people to being like rental properties, but certainly with a rental property, you're going to look at the returns 
on investment. You're going to look at how do I go about finding the right tenants? How do I maintain the properties? How do I get the best returns? So a few themes that I've certainly learned and certainly study when it comes to people elements out there that I think is ones that you can consider, I think, as you're moving forward. The first one, I think oftentimes when I'm coaching and working with leaders of different companies, we talk about you know a specific individual not necessarily performing or working out the way that you want them to be. And what I generally like to do is I like to turn the focus more on the leader and not necessarily on the team member. I ask them the question, when someone is failing or not working out, was it a bad hire or was it bad training? Certainly not 100% of the time, it's one or the other, but most of the time, I'd say at least 80% of the time, it was either a bad hire or it was bad training. And what's powerful about this question, I think, when you look in the mirror, is in both cases, it's your fault, not their fault, that they're succeeding. So when it comes to bad hire, you know, are you doing the necessary vetting up front? And vetting up front is not necessarily in terms of whether you like them, whether they have the fundamental competencies, but also it's vetting them in terms of their DNA and their profiling, in terms of how they integrate in with the team. The re- additionally is, was it bad training? Did you do the necessary onboarding? You know, again, going back to these assets, it requires the right level of onboarding. And just because someone appears to have the resume or someone appears to have the right kind of skill set, it doesn't mean that they don't require training. Training is culture training. Training is process training. Training is product and competency training. There's a lot of training involved that comes with your businesses because nine out of 10 remodeling businesses really operate, I think, really quite different from each other. The second theme I like to think about is really three things that you can ask yourself when it comes to some of your key individuals. And if you're thinking about if you have a smaller company and you have five or ten people, ask this question when it comes to each one of those. You can actually do a little rating system for yourself, zero being the worst and ten being the highest, on each one of these questions when it comes to your team members. The three questions, which I'll give you very quickly and then I'll drill into each, The first is, can they do the job? The second is, will they do the job? And the third question is, do they fit? Can they do the job is about core competency. It's about skills. For example, if the individual happens to be a craftsman, it's all about their product knowledge and their ability to do the actual craft itself. If they're in sales, do they have some fundamental sales skills? Uh, Do they have the right look and the feel in terms of this? Do they have the product knowledge? When it comes to more of an administrative person, the same question holds true in terms of organization and administrative skills in terms of can they do the job? The second question is will they do the job? Will they do the job is very much about attitude. It's very much about work ethic. It's very much about the pace of the job and can they do the, uh, the job effectively in that regard. 
The third question is, do they fit? Now, this one tends to be a little bit different, a little bit tricky, I think, for some organizations. But I find that most organizations have a fundamental culture. They have a fundamental language. They have a dialect about them. And when it comes to adding team members, you certainly want to have a certain degree of diversity. But I think that sometimes people just don't fit. Sometimes they don't fit in terms of their integrity. Sometimes they don't fit in terms of their 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 disposition about how they interact with others. Sometimes they require a lot more in terms of attention and sometimes less. But all those wrap around kind of a who are you and what's the culture of your business and does this person really fit? So by asking yourself when it comes to your key team members these three questions, I think you can determine, number one, are they the right people for your team, but also where you need to zero in on and start to help them improve. So again, just to repeat those questions real quickly for you. When it comes to an individual within your company, ask yourself these three questions. Can they do the job? Will they do the job? And do they fit? A third theme I like to think about when it comes to uh, people and, 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 and leveraging your greatest asset here is trying to make it a little bit more visual in terms of their development. I'm a big believer that people need to invest in themselves, but also I think you need to invest in them. So one of the visuals that I like to think about, and I ask oftentimes leaders of different companies or managers, you know, is the person's stock rising? You know, we all have kind of this image of kind of this graph or chart and seeing kind of the stock rising over a period of time. And when it comes to people, I think what's critical is to ask yourself the question, is the person's stock rising? So try to take a snapshot of an individual a year ago. And try to, you know, just literally breathe in. Who were they? What were their skill sets? Those kind of things. Then take a look at it six months ago. Then take a look at it today. You know, if you ask yourself, is the stock rising? I think it helps you to see the progress. Now, what I see with many individuals is that if they're newer into the company, obviously the trajectory of that stock rising needs to be relatively high. If, on the other hand, they have been with the company for five or ten years, that may be a much smaller or lower angle that it's rising, but you still want to see that rising. And usually when I see people, especially when I visit companies that I haven't been to for six months or a year, I see individuals, the stock is either going up or going down or remaining flat. And regardless of the... the angle of the trajectory, you really want to make sure it's going up and not down. The next question I oftentimes ask is focus really on improving themselves. You know, I believe part of this is a culture, but you really want students of success. You want people who are investing in themselves if, in fact, they're ever going to be successful in a growing organization. So one little rule of thumb I have is what I call my three-strike rule. I'm a big believer that you invest in your people, but they have to grab a hold of what you're trying to do. And what you want to do is really give them three solid chances, three-strike rule. So for example, if you're working with an individual and you happen to see 
uh, an area that needs improvement and you say to yourself, you know, here's an actual recording or here's an actual podcast or here's a little book or whatever it happens to be on this subject. And you say to the person, you know, this is an area that you really should think about working on. It could be related to communications. It could be a very specific skill set. And then you toss the ball to them and you suggest to them that you're going to follow up with them in about seven to ten days just to get a feel for how that was beneficial to them. So you follow up with them in seven to ten days, and if the response that you get, oh, i just been too busy to really focus on that, or, oh, you know, that's an excellent point, I'll have to get around to that. If that happens three times in a row after you attempt over the course of a couple of months to try to really get them to stick on something, I think at that point the three-strike rule kicks in. You're probably not going to be able to have that person stay with you and certainly improve. And this sounds a little bit dogmatic, but one mistake I see with many leaders and companies is they hang in there too long. They have this fundamental belief. They come up with ideas of how to improve a person, but they don't necessarily stick with it. The next thing that I think is really important, I think, as we talk about this stuff, is the whole notion of care and feeding. I'm a big believer, again, in the spirit of people are your greatest assets. They really do require care and feeding. And, of course, people, just like with children or just like with pets or other kinds of relationships, they require different degrees or different types of care and feeding. However, I truly believe if you really believe in this theme of this asset that you want to bring it to life, you've got to be investing the amount of time and energy when it comes to the care and feeding. I would encourage one-on-one meetings with your key reports. And in that one-on-one meeting, you should take, whether it's a 45-minute or one-hour meeting once a week, and take part of that meeting, focus on the stuff, Part of that meeting, focus on the job and their improvement in the job. And then part of this meeting should be focused on them and their own personal and professional development. And I think if you have a regular structured communication in such a way that that's the case, I think you're going to see a lot more success. You know, one of the questions oftentimes I get too about training is that, We don't really have time to do the proper training. We don't really have the budget to do the proper training. You know, the theme that I heard years ago, and it also became a theme within my book, training is an investment, not an expense. You know, that's a paradigm that I think every good business ultimately needs to shift. Training is an investment, not an expense. Needless to say, of course, there is expense involved, but when you start to look at the expense as an investment, you expect a return from it. So it means any trainings you do, ask yourself, what's the return from this training? How am I going to improve on some fairly specific objectives and goals that I want to try to accomplish? I don't do training just for training's sake. It's an investment, not an expense. About six or seven years ago, during kind of the mid-stages of the recession, I was actually leading a group, and I asked them a question of these 14 companies. How many of you actually cut back on your sales training in the last 12 months? 
versus how many of you increased the amount of sales training in the last 12 months. Well, needless to say, because of the cutbacks and because of the slow times, it was very diverse answers. Ten of the companies said they cut back on training. Four of the companies said they increased on the training. Of the companies, all 14 companies, ten of the companies that cut back on training, their business went down, and the four companies that increased their training went up. Now, this, needless to say, was a little bit of a odd coincidence that the, the numbers aligned to that degree, but it really kind of really crystallized or reinforced to me the importance of training and investing more in training in tougher times, not in less training. You know, the last theme I really want to kind of touch on when it comes to people and your greatest assets, it's really thinking about yourself and your own passages. You know, many years ago, probably about 15, 20 years ago, I was actually having lunch with a fella who was, you know, had some success in his business, and I clearly was seeing that he was thinking about other transitions and his next steps. And I said to him, I said, John, what is your next step? What are you focused on today as it relates to your business? And he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, Mark, I'm looking for someone to fire me. I'm looking for someone to fire me. Now, for most people, being fired is sort of a little bit of a scary concept. But as I reflected on what he was saying, and that is he could not move to the next level. He could not transition and make passages to the next level unless he actually had someone that could kind of fill the void below him. So as I reflected on that, I really realized that spending the time and energy, not only identifying who is going to fire you, but also being able to put the time and the energy in the development of that person so that they can actually take on your role and responsibility in an effective and certainly uh, a productive way to make that whole process as seamless as possible. So I want to thank everybody today, and I want to go back to kind of my theme that I talked about. You know, people are your greatest asset. And at the end of the day, you're not renting these people. You're owning these people. These are people that are your assets, the company assets. And I think not only do you own them in terms of their uh, the importance of them, but you also have to own their development and the commitment to seeing them progress. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this particular podcast, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Local. For more podcasts, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast.